Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Joshua Green, founder and CEO of Groove, on the topic of building community structures, including mentor and peer support models. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. And my guest today is Joshua Green, the founder and CEO of Groove, an online co-working community and mobile app for solopreneurs. I must be careful saying that word, solopreneurs, uh, to help them to connect and uncover new ways of working together. He's going to tell us more about that, but welcome, Joshua. Thanks. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here and talk about collaboration and productivity in the workplace. Yeah, well, there's a lot and I'm sure we'll go sideways as I, my mind does <laughs> you know, here. But, uh, but we're focusing today on building community structures and finding the mentors and peer support needed to create a successful path forward. I know that cuts across a couple of like the areas that you focus on, but why don't we start with Groove? Tell us about, you know, what is Groove? How did it get started? You know, what what's the kind of the, the direction of, of where you're going and where you're growing? You know, thank you. I'll, um, I think I'll start, you know, there was this massive shift that happened over the past few years of people in conventional work structures, in offices, coexisting, co-locating, and then that shifted pretty radically. What was it that shifted? <laughs> <laughs> um and and in that in that transition for people working at home or having to find other places to work from over covid we saw like really new emergent structures and possibilities and big problems that organizations and individuals both had to solve for themselves of what does it mean to work effectively and and i i like to talk about groove as a reflection of like what did the office do automatically, organically, especially on those themes that you describe, especially when you look at younger generations entering the workforce, mentorship happened naturally because I saw the the exec over there do that thing in that way and that helped me figure out how I'm going to do it. It helped me build my network very quickly because I sat with the people and we had lunch together and there were all of these organic structures that really helped me understand how do I how do I work? You know, how do I have a career without someone having to sit me down and teach me that? But when you take people out of the office, those are real those are real issues, and Groove really emerged in that in that space. Well, you know what's interesting is that I've interviewed a number of people, experts in companies, uh, and, and talked to them about how did you like how did it go when with the pandemic you sent everybody home you work and and you had different different responses but some similar problems from a technology standpoint there's a number of customers out there say well we were already making the shift to the cloud we were moving to these tools and where our information was stored and so that aspect was uh, not as difficult as they thought it would be and there don't get get me wrong there are companies that were not moving that direction and that that was a painful transition. But then you get to the people side of it. And I, I, there's a reason why the whole topic of 
you know, the employee experience. So EXP is taking off and so many companies are focusing because they recognize that there was a fundamental failure on that side of it. It's not enough that you say, hey, look, we've got these tools. We've got Microsoft Teams, we've got Zoom, we've got Slack and other things up and running and we're good. We'll be able to communicate and get work done. People broke down, like not, not having the rest of that, not training our people to be able to work in that way. And this is coming from a person who's worked remotely for 12, the last 12 years. Well, I think, I think the interesting thing is, I don't think we could really start to solve it until we were confronted it in such an abrupt way, probably, because those functional issues, information, project management, you had to do that whether you're in an office or not. And okay, decentralization, but actually to be confronted by these fundamental human needs, like the great resignation, if you really look at the, it was, it's, for me, it's really about people wanting belonging in their work. They want to feel part of something. And and that has massive, massive day-to-day impacts, trust, speed of decision-making, all of these things that come from coherence and feeling part of something. Um, it's interesting because I was in Israel for the last eight years and there's a culture there when they're building companies. You know, these are people that were trained together in the army and then they go and build. But the, the ability to make impact quickly comes from this very high level of trust and that's really groove came from the core of okay how do you build that how do you build that when you're remote how do you feel part of something when you're remote and these pillars that we that we lean on of structure community and purpose and intention we were like okay we know we need a new kind of social interaction in people's day we know there's a fundamental issue around people being effective and being distracted and being productive but we don't want to create social interactions that are additive in people's lives we don't want more meetups who wants another happy hour or to have to do a virtual coffee check-in for 30 minutes because it's a kpi in my company that's not fun but i do want to i do want to experience work with people so so groove really started as this very basic social ritual that said if you want to come together around something that's meaningful for you i've got something to get done i need I need support to be productive and to be more focused. Let's turn that into a social interaction where there's time for check-in. It's highly structured. It fits into my workflow. A groove session starts with a check-in on video. Hey, what's going on? I'm Josh. We might work on the same team. We might not know each other. We might work in different departments across the organization. This is what I need to get done in the next 50 minutes. Share, switch switch into work mode, video goes off, 50 minutes later, people come back, check in, how did it go? Tactical reflections, an opportunity to chat. There's something really unique about the meeting that who doesn't like the time before the meeting starts and the time after the meeting finishes? Like right. that's prime time to build, to build relationship. People always say, we need to recreate the water cooler moment, the holy grail, but people often forget the water cooler moment happened in the context between work. It's the same as the meeting. We need social, but it needs to be bound up with focused, productive time that's purposeful because that allows people to build a quality of relationship that, you know, we're not seeing in any other virtual office environments, especially the ones that are always on. Always on for me is like, means never on. <laughs> How do I choose to interact? How do I choose to engage? So when we build structure, it allows people to really be effective and to really feel connected. Well, it's interesting when, when I think of, you know, not having, you know, seen your solution and seen Groove, uh, but thinking about, you know, like kind of a similar scenario that I've experienced. 
um, three times over my career where um, twice that I ran it the third time it is kind of happened within the existing tools, but where um, knowing that we were, we had a disparate group of people focused on different things and spread out and people working it on different kind of hybrid schedules. And this was years ago, um, instituted a daily stand-up meeting. And I know we've heard the term, we've used that. And initially um, I told everybody, said, you have to be there in person. So this is back when we were in, in the office. So the first time that I did this, but I had read about it in one of these, one of these startup books uh, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And so kind of instituted it. And I was living down the San Francisco Bay area people, again, some people would be like, I work remote every Wednesday. I'm like, sorry, you're coming in. This is a daily standup. And and the whole, the, the, it was to get people into the habit together uh, in a structured way to run through daily, you know, engineering organization. I managed all the, the PMs and number of analysts and engineers. And it was to get everybody on the same page, to look at the ch ever-changing priorities and to make those assignments. And what happened over time, people were very resentful of that. You're like you're, you're inserting something that doesn't fit into my regular day. I know what I'm supposed to be working on. Yeah, but everybody else doesn't know what you're supposed to be working on. And there's not enough where there needs to be connections and conversations happening cross team. It's not happening. And we need to fix that. We need to make sure this is what happened is that over time, and it took several weeks, a couple months, two, three months, uh, is that people got, they built the healthy habits. And I did this the same again, when I was working at Microsoft, um, did the exact same thing, installed a whiteboard on the wall, instituted a daily meeting. Nobody likes that. <laughs> I'll just be clear. Nobody ever likes that forcing people to go and talk to each other and look at this and make sure we're for the same page. Over time, we didn't need to have the daily. People were going in and updating and reaching out to people and asking questions regardless of their location. And so we were able to do it as we had a, a dial-in call. People were watching it you know, online, the dashboard, moving the pieces as they needed. And so it became much more flexible when we built the healthy habit. It's it's a powerful thing to have that initially that that structure it feels restrictive but then allows for the rest of those interactions so a lot of it you know sometimes it was a 30 minute call sometimes it was five minutes we knew our pieces nothing changed and so a lot of it was the chit chat catch up hey did you do that oh yeah hey i forgot about that let me add that to my task list and a lot of that informal uh uh you know, conversation that happens between team members and it worked. It was very successful. Yeah. I think I, I love those stories and I appreciate it from a reflection because what I think one of the wonderful things we often, we, we often internally say like grooving is weird, but worth it. Cause, cause it's a, it's a new experience for someone. You know, when you start grooving, there's, and um, what I appreciate about what you shared is like you move from rigid structure to fluid structure. Cause I think what we see in our work now in our lives, and this definitely speaks to sort of mine and my friend's experience of working in organizations or working as solopreneurs or solo workers or creators, how whatever path they're taking, you want more agency to decide how your day is going to flow and to like optimize in the ways that work for you as well as the people around you. 
And often I hear the rhetoric of, well, we want less structure. Actually, I think what you actually want is more structure, but more nuanced, fluid structure that supports you being effective in more fluid ways. You know, (laughs) there's a bit of a paradox there, but actually I I need more structure. And when people start grooving, especially, you know, we use it as a team. We're pretty much the only people that use it as a team because right now anyone can jump on it as an individual and use it and build their community within the platform. The team product will will come later, but we see that it provides that fluid structure. It provides the power of the daily standup because I now know what's going on because I grooved with a head of marketing and she told me what she's working on right now, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, I still can, I can use it on demand. <laughs> I can have the flexibility. And I think that's, that's where for me, the world, the working world is going. It's, oh, actually we need a different kind of support structure to help people be effective. And it well, no, has to we, be fluid. It, and we, we've talked about, we loosely, we, we use this and I'm, you, I'm sure you do the same thing when we talk about community. Um, you know, when we're talking about individuals, when we're talking about, um, so let's, let's focus on that side of it. Cause I know that you've got, you're working on a team-based solution as well, but so it's, it's primarily individuals. It's entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people that are out there. What's the role of community for a solopreneur? I talk about it in two ways. Um, One is the obvious way which people often talk about, you know, is the functional tactical network relationships that I need to just be effective in my work. Where do I find my sales? How do I build my sales pipeline? How do I find collaborators to, to accomplish a project that I need to, et cetera, et cetera. And the other side is we're social creatures. We have very human needs. If I go out to carve a career that doesn't, that I'm not in a large organization, I feel it much more acutely. I think freelancing maybe was previously often a phase in people's lives. I know there are exceptions to the rule, but it's like, oh, I worked in this company. I freelance for two years and then I join another company again. I think people see that, well, it's possible that I'm going to have relationships with large organizations, but they're going to look very different to what they might've done 10 years ago. And in, in that context, I don't, I don't want to walk a path alone for two, three, four or five decades. And that's where we're starting to already see within the platform that people that are trying to tread this path, this new paradigm of work, um, need to do it with other people, need the support, need to ride the ups and downs. I know those times when I was burning the burning the candle at both ends because I was working on a project till 2 a.m. in the office. There's no way I would have done that without people around me. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have happened. You know, that was part of the life of being young and being in the corporate world and working hard. Um, but you need people. You need people emotionally as much as functionally. And that's where that's where I think it's interesting because there's a lot of language that's emerged. Community is a buzzword everywhere. <laughs> and and really you have to cut through it because because actually there are some deep human needs that need to be met to help people be effective and connection and belonging really help cultures move effectively. And, and they could be soft words, but I think they deliver meaningful business outcomes because they allow circling back to trust and decision-making and performance and, and, and being able to optimize your life and ride the wave. You need those things to really be effective. Well, I, I, I completely understand that the, the first two years when I first went uh, independent, so left as, as 
chief marketing officer for a software company and wanted to go out on my own with a number of just contacts in the community, I realized very quickly, I said, I, I, I'm working from my basement. Uh, it's good to see the sunlight once in a while. So it's also good to interact with other people. So I actually went and joined, didn't need an office outside of the home, but went and paid for a, a, a shared desk in a co-working space. So a, a company that's here in the mountain states, Mountain West called Kiln. But there, there's also WeWork. Well, I know that you've experienced there, but there's a number of, of pop-ups around that. But just being able to have people uh, that interacting around me to talk to people at the front desk and, and occasionally during mixers and networking events to meet some of these other startups that were growing their teams and be able to, to share some of my experiences, my startup experiences, it, it's energy that I needed to kind of refuel um, what was missing from that. And maybe this is one of the benefits of something like Groove is that there wasn't really an opportunity for me to then to really to, to relate it all to me and what I was doing with my, my company. It was, it was kind of the other direction. I found myself in conversations, giving advice to, to others. Not as many people asked the in depth about what I was doing, uh, you know, from that side, but for, for two years, pre pandemic, uh, it was fantastic to have that as a resource. Yeah. I, I really resonate with that. And I think one of the great things about, about a peer peer platform where you actually everyone sharing is there's an orientation towards we're all giving and we're all receiving and those and those kind of dynamics are much more conducive to building like a quality of relationship and and I and I want to connect it actually back to the story that you shared about the daily stand-up because I think what you see with social social healthy good social interactions in people's days that are integrated into their workflow i know i'm like a broken record because i think that's like the key is like how do i bring social into what i need to do anyway right is it turbocharges everything like the accountability it turbocharges it it's habit forming ability it means oh you know we we have pretty wild retention within the product you know after people have been onboarding there's like 90 percent chance they're going to groove every subsequent groove from five to a hundred so it's it's a space that's like wow social powers possibility in a way that doing it on your own just doesn't (laughs) and um and i really see that co-working spaces were a great were are, are a great facilitator of that i think the places that sometimes they're missing is there's no one matching you up. Who do you know? Like, how do you know from this team? <laughs> What's that? Where's, where does that social infrastructure come in? But um, it's a critical piece for the future of work in so many ways. Well, I think it's an important aspect of what you just pointed out. You've mentioned it a couple of times, but is my, so in my experience in enterprise collaboration technology, uh, I've been doing this for, you know, in information management systems, project portfolio management, but all around, you know, data management systems, uh, in IT for over 30 years, is that uh, the most ex- effective deployments of that, um, where the teams and individuals are effective, where the technology, uh, it, it, it is successful long-term, not just a successful deployment, but there's actual adoption and engagement, is where it best fits in with the culture of the organization. So just like anything, if you if it's a um, it's like, it's the first version of the matrix. If we go back, what, it, open your science books, everybody. So in the first version of the matrix, why did it fail? 
because it was too perfect. It wasn't real. It didn't fit in people. It felt wrong. And a lot of the way, if, if you're trying to get people to change their behaviors and do things and work in a different way, and it doesn't fit, then people will rebel against that. And so it's where it's successful is where you're able to integrate that into, and it feels organic. It feels like the part of what they're already doing. Which is that, which really is why, you know, me and my co-founders, we're product rebels. We definitely don't take the formal standard fit of how we build products. Um, but it's why, it's why we're focusing on individuals first. We know that there's a huge opportunity to, to make massive cultural shifts in large organizations, but the product has to come from something that people want to use day in and day out and has to come not as a, in this shift, in this paradigm shift of how we work or remote work, top-down solutions are not going to give people the needs that they have to wanting to be able to engage on a social way that feels, that feels supportive of their, their, their effectiveness in their day. And that's why we've spent such a long time and nailing the experience from the ground up and then allowing now we're just giving it to the first teams because they want it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then really allowing that to be integrated um, into bigger organizations in a, in a, yeah, in a much smoother way, but it really has to start, as you said, like from the individual wanting it for it, filling a need and then going from there. Well, how does it work? How, how does that, uh, so a solopreneur says, so somebody who is, okay, they, they've spent out, they've decided, hey, I'm going to, I'm working nights and weekends to kind of make my dream a reality. I'm going to build a, a product, a service, whatever that thing is. And they start to build that. How do they get plugged in? How do they actually get started? Great. So I'll use the metaphor of the co-working space because it's just the most useful one in this, in this context. You can download the app. You get straight into the product and it's like you're starting your co-working space. There's not a heavy lift associated with that because what would you do if you were going to design your co-working space? You'd find some interesting people that you want to hang around with. You'd like that you want to co that you want to co-work with. So we have a feature called orbits. So you can go through the people within the community and add those to your orbit. And You'd invite your friends or your ex-colleagues or the people that you'd really like to hang around with. I groove often with people I went to college with because actually they're the people that I like to spend my time with. Hmm. So you go in, you build out your build out your network. There are welcome sessions to help people orient themselves within the platform. We do a lot of onboarding to make sure that people get up and set up for success. But really, you just need to get into your first session because once you get into your first session, I've got, <laughs> and it's, it, for us, it's as simple as I've got to get this done in the next 50 minutes. I'm going to do it this way. I've been putting this off or I've got to write this next. I've got to finish off this strategy document or build this financial model, whatever it might be. Get it into your first groove and then it automatically starts reorienting your life. I think one of the things that's so wonderful is. There's no instruction manual. We don't have to tell you to behave, to develop better habits. We don't have to tell you that, you know, people's first groove, they might assume that they can do two hours work in 50 minutes. It's often that you set yourself a goal that's unrealistic, but that helps you reorganize your work life for better habits in the future. Because by the time you're doing your fifth or your sixth session, I can now plan my time much more effectively. Yeah. Oh, I really want to get all my work done by six o'clock in the evening people's structure in their days automatically gets better by using the product. It doesn't have to be, I need an instruction manual. I need to tell you how to do it. 
it automatically helps you develop better behaviors because of the nature of the simplicity of the ritual and the way that it socially fits into your life. So, so it's really get on, try your first session, build out your network, and then you're set up to go. Right now, that's the simplicity of the experience. Now, do you have, is that kind of, uh, we were talking before we got started here about like formal mentor mentor programs. Uh, do you have people using it like expressly for that purpose to say, look, I'm looking for, or I have somebody that I've identified, we've worked together, but let's put it into a more collaborative space. So I, I see, I, I see right now a lot of peers that have informal relationships that want to support each other. Mm-hmm. So whether it's people writing business books or launching podcasts or, or, um, there's a bunch of people that are build like build and run e-commerce d2c e-commerce stuff as solopreneurs they um they find each other or they bring people on it's it's the best networking it's like the best because you don't have to you don't have to add loads of things to your calendar so 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 we're seeing people have very organic mentorship where they'll be like oh and i don't know how to find a supplier for this or i don't know how to deal with this situation have you come across it right now within the within the experience it's predominantly the synchronous time but as the product evolves there'll be space to facilitate those conversations around the groove as much as within the groove so peer so it's it's like peer mentorship rather than rather than sort of i'm speaking to someone that's like five steps along the journey beyond me at the moment yeah. Well, I, I have to ask this question for so I'm I'm a kind of a music collector, but uh, does the name have anything to do with the uh, the late '80s, early '90s uh, dance band Delight and their song uh, "Get in the Groove"? <laughs> do you know uh, that up, song at all? I grew up with that song because yeah. my pe- from my parents, <laughs> but yeah. um, you you know we really believe fundamentally it's like the driving why of what groove is is that who doesn't want to live in the groove grooving is a way of being in the world and it's an intrinsically social way like to really be in the groove is not to be alone whether you're with the music and and you but you're you're with other people and that really is the that's really the underlying vision of what we're trying to create is how how can we create the ultimate human powered support system for people that allows them to groove through life so yeah well, this is, uh, you know, so much of what, uh, the, what you're saying is like having been in the you know, enterprise social networking space for many, many years and, uh, and since the kind of the roots of the late 90s of when the first instant messaging uh, of multi-platform protocols came out, of course, you started with like ICQ and CompuServe and AOL Instant Messenger and kind of all those. And then you started to get into the multi-platform and companies in the late 90s, early 2000s started integrating the chat components and then video uh, you know, components into these chat tools and kind of all these things that kind of came out of that grew into these social platforms. And you have a lot of, a lot of us that have been advocating for that kind of it's collaboration, but like you say, like it's, it's contextual, it's synchronous and asynchronous, depending on what the needs are. Um, But you have that, you know, single location where we can go back where we're working and collaborating together. We're sharing artifacts. We're, we're developing these things together, working towards these shared goals. And there are a lot of different solutions that are, that are out there that address pieces of that. 
I mean, it, for somebody who works in, you know, the majority of my business, where my paycheck comes from is in one technology ecosystem. Um, but it's just for, I, I consider myself a collaboration technology guy on top of all that. And what has been driving so much of that has been the social aspect of that. And so you get people that will be critical of the social technologies. They think of like the public, they think of Twitter and Facebook and kind of those, those public consuming tools as they know, you know, there's a, like, there are things that they've developed and they're, that are, that are interesting that are out there from a discovery standpoint to find people to make friends, those kinds of things. But when you think about it within, within the enterprise and within, uh, you know, even with, uh, you know, individual contributors um, looking for, um, uh, you know, affinity groups, um, uh, the, the almost like the, the concept of a center of excellence is finding people with that shared purpose and doing things. Um, so we're not talking about doing, you know, hey, here's a video of my cat eating something, uh, you know, th those kinds of things that you see out in the public. There's some of that. There's stickers and labels and nonsense that's within these, you know, kind of enterprise scales because we're human. We're sharing our personalities. That's That's part of that. But it's exciting to see that, um, you know, the stodgy enterprises that, that uh, you know, business leaders are seeing the importance of having these kinds of tools and allowing people to bring more of themselves into the workplace um, so that they are more comfortable in asking questions and offering help. And that's what community is really about. It's about it's, it's about a certain degree of transparency, sharing, being open with what you're doing, asking questions and not being fearful of asking for help on things. That is community. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, and I think this is the next frontier of social in lots of ways. Often some of our, one of our investors said to me at one point, he's like, you realize you're building Strava meets LinkedIn. Because that's the next thing. It's purposeful. It's pu whether it's synchronous or asynchronous, as you said. Like it's really creating a space that we can we can accomplish stuff together. Like at a more meta level, the thing that drives me is what does it mean to build a social accomplishment graph or an interest accomplishment graph mm -hmm. of how what what are the people that help me be most effective, and how do I go on a journey with them to accomplish the things that I need to in my work or really in my life, and um, and that's that has to be the paradigm for the future social that really takes it and completely agree and automate that. That's where AI can add the most values. You know, one don't just show me the things that like the, the limitations of modern day search is that, you know, don't just show me what it is that I've asked for, because I may not know the right words to use, you know, how to find that I might be not be part of the right, you know, uh, uh, networks for that data to be able to be surfaced to me. But based on all this information, my patterns, my behaviors, what you know about me, start showing me, you know, giving me information, connecting with people that are what I really need there. But yeah, that discovery of experts, of expertise, of knowledge that's out there. I mean, that's that's when you start talking about the graph capabilities uh, of these kinds of platforms and it's you know, 
that's where the future will be of these of these networks yeah that's where we, ai will actually come from that's where the uh we talk about artificial intelligence and where what is it called the uh where the moment with the self-realization of the ai will actually be fed it'll happen what is it called again sorry i always forget that word oh uh, i don't know what there's like an inflection point where ai basically becomes conscious correct yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is and then the world is destroyed you know no <laughs> but is but so much of that is because I think we'll get so much closer as the system gets smarter at recognize. It's all about pattern recognition and saying, Christian keeps asking these questions. He's having these conversations. He's doing these things. He's talking with these people. He's searching for those things. And of within that broad network, that's where the graph then looks at that and recognizes, you know, hey, Joshua had very similar thing about six months ago on this. I'm going to pair them together and it kind of do this introduction. Yeah, and, and to complement it, to take that even further, I think what's amazing is as we understand when you work best in your day, who you work most effectively with, that really the platform can really support quality of relationship and quality of just optimization of your life. This, oh, you want to work on this goal? This is really going to take you this long. And you really should think about doing it in the mornings, not in the afternoons. Um, and these are the people that maybe you should help hold you accountable as you go on the journey because you've been most effective with them. And and, this, and it can start to build this very rich picture that's very helpful um, for individuals and, and massively helpful in organizations as well as people are making decisions and helping support teams uh, being effective. I just thought of a premium feature for you. If you could um, create an option, a paid option that helps the system automatically um, avoid the people that you don't like, that you don't get along with, make that <laughs> add on. It's like the Ron Swanson feature from, uh, you know, if you're familiar with uh, parts and recreation. You yeah. Know, doesn't completely. want to ever meet with anybody. You know, that, that would be a feature I would do is like Christian schedule is just never open. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Those just, what's ironic is that those are real conversations we have on the product team, right? Because it's, it's, it's a reality. It's a reality. It's a people that I've got to spend time with. So how do we want to manage that? How did that bad players or bad actors, you know, those are real internal conversations to make sure it's a great experience for as many people as possible. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's hilarious. Well, yeah. Joshua, uh, this is uh, fascinating. So if people want to find out more about this, like, uh, so how do they go and get started? Great. So uh, we'll, I'm hoping we'll be able to drop a dedicated link. Just yeah, for I have a listening. link in the blog post and it'll be in the YouTube. Exactly. As well. So there'll be a link, okay. but a link that will take you straight into the platform to bypass the wait list. So you can use the product anyway. Um, and otherwise you just go straight to Groove. It's office. That's our domain. You'll find everything that you need there. And yeah. I'm always open for ideas, thoughts as we as we launch to the world. So um, I'm sure my contact details will be pretty, they are pretty publicly available. So <laughs> thanks so much, Christian. It's great to have you. It was a great discussion. So thanks a lot for your time. Fantastic. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening.